الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والذين اتبعوهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين Brothers and sisters, we are talking about the topic of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Remembering Allah Azza wa Jal is an all-encompassing act of worship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to remember Him. And for us to remember Allah, we need to love Allah Azza wa Jal. Remember last time we talked about loving something results in remembering that thing. And for us to remember Allah, we need to love Allah Azza wa Jal. And for us to love Allah, we need to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I do not mean to know of Him, but to know Him. To know Him personally. Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Quran, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Know that there is no real God except Allah. And to the extent that you take Allah's command in this ayah seriously, the more you experience Allah Azza wa Jal in your life personally. Our knowledge of Allah should not be as if we know something from far. Our knowledge from Allah should not be shadowy knowledge. As if you are looking at something from far and you do not really have enough data and information and feelings about what you are looking at. Our knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should bring us to intimacy and closeness with Allah azza wa jal. Because your knowledge of Allah, your perception of Allah forms your lifestyle. Your perception of Allah alters your standard of living. Your perception of Allah forms your lifestyle. Your perception of Allah shapes how you do your life. And as they say, inside each one of you, there is a good driver. But this good driver comes out when you see the police car. When you see the police car, the good driver inside of you comes out and you become a good driver. Likewise, inside of each one of us, there is a good person. And this good person comes out when we remember Allah Azza wa Jal. When we see Allah in the eyes of our heart. Not in the eye of our physical eye, but when we see Allah with our heart's eye. Have you heard the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he said, فَعْبُدُ اللَّهِ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَاهِ Worship Allah as if you see Him. You see, if you go through life as if you are seeing Allah, you will do life much different than you would do it when that thought is absent from your mind and from my mind. But to do life as if you are seeing Allah with your heart's eye does not happen instantly. It's something that you graduate to. Therefore the Prophet ﷺ is leading us to realize a fact that if you do not see Him, then He sees you. So if you worship Allah and do your life with the perception that Allah is seeing you, that will shape 
your lifestyle. And then through training, you will be able to grow to the level that you do your life as if you are seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your heart's eye. And it's all possible that a believer can have the meanings of the texts describing Allah Azza wa Jal imparted in his heart. So his heart reflects to him the realities of Allah Azza wa Jal. An example of that, when I look at you, and when you look at me, the mechanism by which I see you and you see me, because I am in your eye and you are in my eye. Like if you come close to me, can you please come close to me? And look right in my eye, who do you see? <laughs> myself. Yes. And if I look right in his eye, I see myself. That does not mean my physical body transferred and entered into his eye, but my image, because he is looking at me, was reflected in his eye. Likewise, when we are looking toward the truth about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the reality of Allah will be reflected in our hearts. Uh, where do we have to look to know Allah azza wa jal? We look at His created order and also we look in the revelation. To know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we look in the created order. Therefore, Allah Azza wa Jal tells us in the Quran, don't they look at the skies and how they were erected and built? Don't they look at the camels and how Allah created them? When we look at the created order, we can come to the realization that the one who made that created order is something that is great, something that is magnificent. And when we look, at the revelation that Allah revealed to us, also we get a pretty good idea about our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a reality. And this reality is something that is available to each one of us. Allah wants us to know Him on a personal level. Because Allah knows that this knowledge, when we know Him on a personal level, is the type of knowledge that will bring the best out of us. This is the type of knowledge that will shape your life to be something that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallama was the one who knew about Allah the most. Therefore he had the highest level of taqwa, the highest level of piety. And the Prophet ﷺ told us about an event that will happen on the day of resurrection. But this event is very important for us, very important to know about it while we are doing our lives today. The Prophet ﷺ was asked, and I will read this hadith, this prophetic statement in English. And then I will also say the important parts about it in Arabic. The Prophet ﷺ was asked, O oh Allah's Messenger, do we see our Lord on the day of resurrection? He said, Would you experience difficulties seeing the sun on a cloudless day? They said, No. He said, would you experience difficulties seeing the moon on a cloudless night? 
They said, no. He said, likewise, you will see your Lord on the day of resurrection without any difficulties. Let's pause here for a minute and make some explanation. If you are looking at something and all of us are trying to look at it, we may be inhibiting one another from seeing it. If all of us want to look at one thing, and all of us coming to look at it at one time, you may stand in my way to see it, and I may stand in your way to see it. So there will be difficulties. But the Prophet ﷺ said, if all of you look to the moon, even though there might be millions of people looking at the moon, my looking at the moon will not inhibit you from you looking at the moon. All of us will see it without any difficulties. Likewise, all believers will see their Lord on the day of resurrection without any difficulties. And then the Prophet ﷺ went on to say, Allah will assemble mankind. And then he will say, whoever was worshipping something, let him follow it. So those who worshipped the sun, S-U-N, will follow the sun. And those who worshipped the moon will follow the moon. And those who worshipped false deities will follow them. And this nation, meaning the nation of believers throughout the ages, this nation will remain along with its hypocrites, meaning those people who proclaim to be faithful, but inside of them they are not faithful. So this ummah, this nation will stay in its place. And listen to what will happen. Then Allah comes to them in an image that does not match what they know of Him. And He says, I am your Lord. Allah will appear to them in an image, as it says in the Arabic, Allah Azza wa Jal يأتيهم الله في صورة غير الصورة التي يعرفون. Allah will manifest Himself to them in an image that does not match what they know of Him. And He will say to them, I am your Lord. They say, we seek refuge in Allah from you. We're not going to leave until our Lord comes to us. I mean, the worldly example of that, if you are going to meet someone, you know his name is Yahya. Uh, you know some descriptions about this person. He's tall, skinny, light beard, brown eyes, tan trousers he's wearing, and a blue shirt. And you go to that meeting place to meet this Yahya, and then somebody introduces himself to you as Yahya, but this person is short, husky, have thick beard, and he's wearing brown trousers. And he says to you, I am Yahya. You say, baby, you are Yahya, but you're not the Yahya I'm waiting for. Your descriptions do not match what I know of a person who I'm waiting for. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will manifest himself on the day of resurrection to the people who are waiting for him in an image that does not match what they know of him. What do we know of Allah? We know he is beautiful. We know he is generous. We know He is sublime. We know He is merciful. We know He is glorious. So, Allah will appear to them in an image that does not match these qualities. And He will say, I am your Lord. 
They will say, no, we're not going to go anywhere until our Lord comes to us. When He comes to us, we will follow Him. And then the hadith says, then Allah comes to them in an image that they know. And then He will say to them, I am your Lord. They will say, yes, you are our Lord. So they follow Him. Then Allah comes to them in an image that does not match what they know of Him and says, I am your Lord. They say, we seek refuge in Allah from you. We will not go anywhere until our Lord comes to us. When He comes to us, we will know Him. So Allah comes to them in an image that matches what they know of Him. He will say to them, I am your Lord. They will say, yes. You are our Lord, and then they follow Him. What is the application of this hadith in our lives? The application of this hadith in our lives, we need to know Allah for us to follow Him. The truth comes to us from Allah Azza wa Jal. And for us to be in a position to discern between the truth and falsehood, between wheat and chaff, we need to know our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And once we know Allah azza wa jal, we will follow Him. When we know Allah azza wa jal, we develop a feeling of being conscious of His presence. And that is remembering Allah. Remembering Allah is the fact that you are conscious of Allah's presence. You have this constant state of consciousness of your Lord, and you are Constantly aware of Allah's supervision to you. That's what it means to remember Allah. That's exactly what it means to remember Allah. When you are aware of Allah's presence, and you are aware that Allah is supervising you. That's what it means to remember Allah. To be in a hateful state concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says in the Quran in Surah Al-Imran 390 to 192 Subhanaka faqina azab al-nar. Verily in the creation of the skies and the earth, and in the alternation of night and day, there is signs for men of understanding. Here men of understanding is generic. It applies to men of understanding and to women of understanding. Those who remember Allah standing sitting and laying down on their sides and contemplate about the creation of the skies and the earth with the thought, our Lord, you have not created all of this devoid of a purpose. Glory to you. Give us protection from the torment of the fire. See, men of understanding and women of understanding are those who think about the creation of the skies and the earth. And they remember Allah standing, sitting, and laying down. Can you help me out? Is there another position we can be? You are either standing, 
you are either sitting or you are laying down. Except for the brief moments that you want to stand on your head because of your kids did something to you. <laughs> Otherwise you are sitting, standing or laying down. That means you remember Allah in all circumstances. While you are standing and conducting your business, conducting your affairs, whether you are sitting with your family, talking with friends, talking with people, or you are laying down, resting, you remember Allah in all of your circumstances. Can you imagine how your life will be, how my life will be, if I am able to keep the thought of Allah in my mind all the time, and this thought about my Lord all the time will make me be behave in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what it means to remember Allah azza wa jal. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to remember Allah all the time. Aisha radiallahu anha said, the Prophet used to remember Allah all of his time. كَانَ النَّبِيُّ يَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ أَحْيَانِهِ and one of the unique qualities of the Prophet ﷺ like, was that he would go to sleep, but his heart will stay awake. That is only for the Prophet ﷺ. But us, many of us, our heart is asleep while we are awake and while we are asleep. It will be very beneficial for us to our heart to be awake when we are awake. To be in a state of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To be always conscious of Allah's presence over the throne watching you, supervising you. And the person who remembers Allah while standing, sitting and laying down does not allow his involvement with commerce or trade or wife and children or play and entertainment to distract him from remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to be careful. Your wealth your children might distract you from remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, la tulhikum amwalukum, wala awladukum an dhikrillah. Do not allow your wealth and your children to distract you from remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that happens in many circumstances. It happens when you finish your salah and before you even try to get your dhikr going after the salah, your kids come over you and they ask you five different questions. They are distracting you from remembering Allah in those precious moments. So you need to be alert as not to allow your wealth and not to allow your children to distract you from remembering Allah. But we all experience that when we are engaged in devotion, when we dedicate our thoughts and our mental abilities to focus on Allah, to think about Allah, we feel a higher level of devotion. We feel a higher level of closeness to Allah. You feel a higher level of tranquility and you feel a depth lucidity in your heart. But then, when you go about attending to your business, when you go about handling your affairs, you do not keep the same level of closeness to Allah. You do not keep the same level of lucidity and tranquility. And that is normal. That is normal. 
it happens. But what is important for us, not to be heedless of Allah's presence at any time. Halva radiallahu anhum, he had a story with Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum. One time Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu was walking in the streets of Medina and he saw Hanzala. And Hanzala was sitting crying. And he said to him, what's up Hanzala? Of course this is English language translation to what has happened. I do not expect Abu Bakr walking up to Hanzala to tell him what's up Hanzala. But this is... <laughs> we need to transfer what has happened to our days in order to get in the story. Many times I notice we read the story, but we do not get in the story. We do not live the story. I want us tonight to really live in the story, to get beneath the story and participate in it. Live it. Not only read it formally, we need to live the story. So by paraphrasing, Abu Bakr said to Havala, what's up? He said, well, I am a hypocrite. He said, how, how, how come? Why are you saying that? He said, well, we go to the Prophet ﷺ. He reminds us about the hellfire. He reminds us about the paradise as if we are seeing them in our eyes. And then we leave that gathering. We go and we get busy with our children and families and our businesses. And we forget much. Abu Bakr said to him, well, I experienced the same thing. So let's go to the Prophet ﷺ. So both of them went to the Prophet ﷺ. He noticed here, I want you to pay attention to the statement of Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr did not say, well, maybe this is an opportune time to show Hanzala that I am a better believer. Tell him, well, this is your problem, but for me, I do not experience those feelings. No, Abu Bakr was very frank and honest. He said, we experience the same thing. Let's go to the Prophet ﷺ. Hanzala and Abu Bakr went to the Prophet ﷺ. And then Hanzala said to the Prophet, Hanzala is a hypocrite. The Prophet ﷺ told him, why? What has happened to you? And then Hanzala explained, explained to him what he felt. The Prophet ﷺ said, I swear by him in whose hand is my life. If you keep the same level of devotion you experience while you are with me, and keep the same level of heedfulness to Allah's presence while you are with me, then angels will shake your hands, even if you are on the streets or if you are in your beds. But halvala, an hour and an hour. An hour and an hour. The Prophet ﷺ basically is saying to Hanzala, one time you might feel this high level of devotion, high level of closeness to Allah, high level of lucidity, and that happens when you are focusing completely on Allah. When you are remembering Allah, when you are engaged in praying, when you are thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's normal, you should feel that level of closeness. And then, when you go about to attend to your needs, it's normal for that to drop a little bit. See, our feelings about Allah azza wa increase when 
we are focusing on Allah, when we are thinking about Allah, when we are engaged in direct worship to Allah. And it's normal for those feelings to become less intense when we go about attending to our affairs. But at any rate, our feelings should not drop below the level when we become Heedless to Allah's presence. A believer should have within him, it's called the heedlessness alert. He should have within him the heedlessness alert. When he's walking in his life, doing and carrying on conversations and affairs, he should have like an alarm system within him. If his heedlessness goes below a certain level, the alarm has to go off. Um, you need to bring up your heedlessness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala up. And this is why Allah positioned throughout the day to pray five times a day. Because you get involved with so many things, and then now you, got, you have to stop everything and reconnect with your Lord. Pray to Him, praise Him. Your heedfulness to Allah is coming up to an acceptable level. And then you go about and you do your business, you attend to your affairs, and then as your heedfulness is dropping down, you report back again to praying, so your heedfulness rises up again. It's like you are going to travel from here to up north. Is it enough for you to fill your car once? If you fill your car once, you might be driving up, and somewhere on 95, you're going to run out of fuel. And then you're not going to go anywhere. You have to strategically stop in certain stations to fill up again for you to carry on the journey. Likewise, in the journey of life, you cannot fill up once and keep on going. You fill up in the morning and you fill up in the noon time, you fill up in the asr time, you fill up in the mughrib time, you fill up in the isha time. In order for your heedfulness to remain at an acceptable level and never drops below a certain level. That's what it means when the Prophet says an hour and an hour. And there is another meaning to that statement, which is to say that the Prophet was saying to Hanzala, Oh Hanzala, one hour you allocate that to devotion and to worship, and one hour you allocate for yourself. And here an hour does not mean 60 minutes, but it means a time slot. A part of your time you allocate to Allah Azza wa Jal, and part of your time you allocate to attend to your needs and the needs of the people who depend on you. Also for entertainment in order to rejuvenate yourself. But by no means this prophetic statement an hour and an hour means one hour you obey Allah and the other hour you do whatever you want to do. Some people understand it like that. And they use this, this prophetic statement. A Jumu'ah, that is the hour for Allah. Friday night, that is the hour for himself. He say, well, the Prophet said an hour and an hour. Truly the Prophet ﷺ say that, but the Prophet does not mean you take one hour for your Lord and the other hour for yourself as you wish. No, it does not mean that at all. But it means an hour 
for worship and devotion and an hour for you to do that which is permissible for you to do. That's what it means. And once we worship Allah with complete heedfulness to His presence, then we will be able to be in worship in whatever activity that we might be doing. And once a person is heedless to Allah's presence, he might be in acts of worship, but his acts of worship are not counting as acts of worship, they are simply body motion. Therefore, some of the scholars of the righteous predecessors used to say, our habits are acts of worship. And the acts of worship of the heedless are habits. I want you to reflect on that. Our habits are acts of worship. Meaning they carry out their habits, remembering Allah Azza wa Jalla, therefore their habits also counts as acts of obedience. Where are the heedless, they worship Allah as if they are carrying on and habit without thinking about Allah, therefore their acts of worship are simply habits. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our acts of worship acceptable ones and to fill us with the knowledge to remember Him standing, sitting, and laying down. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Muhammad.